Okay, so that meant absolutely nothing. I mean, if it's possible for something to mean less than nothing, then this meant less than nothing. Or did it? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Flyers 4, Penguins 1 in Philadelphia yesterday. And yeah, I mean, you could go with that they were tired because they played the day before, but they were just coming off a four-day break. And the fact of the matter is, you don't need to be Scotty Bowman to watch that game and realize they just had no interest whatsoever, not just in the outcome, but in getting hurt. There was a whole lot of that. Yeah, there were a couple of attempts to block shots and so forth from the guys that you'd expect to do that sort of thing, but for the most part, it was whatever happens here, I'm not getting hurt. I'm just not. Not in this game, not at this point in the season, not with the playoffs coming up in a week and change. Honestly, I mean, you're going to hate me for this probably, but I really don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Is it ideal? No. Ideal was what happened the day before in Detroit where you kind of do the same thing, but you get yourself a few goals and skate away with the result and nobody questions it. Truth is, there really wasn't much daylight between how the Penguins performed Saturday and how they performed Sunday. Only difference was the Red Wings don't employ any goaltenders. They really don't. <laughs> when you take out Thomas Grice and you replace him with Alex Nedeljkovic, I mean, you're pretty much raising the white flag. Now, the Flyers haven't gotten much out of Martin Jones, to say the least, but he was at least a capable National Hockey League goaltender yesterday. So what are the pertinent takeaways from this? None. None. There are none other than they made it through the game Sunday, and before that, the game Saturday, without getting anybody else hurt. Oh, and another thing, Casey DeSmith continued to show well. And I thought, for whatever it's worth, that Louis Domingue did just fine yesterday in Philly as well. And for that matter, so did his teammates, including Sidney Crosby. I thought he played really well. Um, made some big saves for us. Unfortunately, we couldn't get enough going offensively. Uh, we had some good looks, but you know, enough to, to give him a boost and help him out. So... Um, you know, it's, it's up to us in front of him, but he did everything that he needed to do to give us a chance to win. Now, Louie, on the other hand, who is very much a hard-on-his-sleeve type, was not at all complimentary of his own work. It was a bit of an adjustment. Um, you know, pace of play this time of the year is, is at, at its highest. Um, cough up a few rebounds to start, but, um, you know, tonight I got all played by Jones. He was better than me. And that's okay, you know, saying the right things or even feeling that way is part of being a good teammate in addition to being a good player. But look, if there's one thing that became set in stone here over the past few days, including the weekend, it's that DeSmith is going to be 
this team's starting goaltender in Game 1. Oh, and another thing. Here's hoping that Game 1 takes place in Raleigh, North Carolina. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I'm not here to slam the Hurricanes, okay? That's a really, really good hockey team with a lot of talent up front, a ton of mobility on the back end, a great transition, the kind that tends to hurt the Penguins in their pinching game. And they've put up a ton of results over the course of the season. If the Penguins lined up with the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes would and should be the favorites in that series. So when I'm saying, hey, here's hoping that the Penguins line up with the Hurricanes, it's not because I think the Penguins will beat them. It's that I think the Penguins will have a better chance of beating them than they would either the Rangers or the Panthers, the only other two realistic possibilities. Why Carolina? Well, I've got three reasons for you. One is that they aren't physical. And neither are the Penguins, obviously. But given the Penguins' glaring issues with defending their net front in particular, I'll take the other team being one that isn't going to establish that much of a presence there. They do have some guys, the Canes do, who will crash, but they're not the guys who can do the most damage. It's not the Sebastian Ajos and and those guys. And I feel like If the Penguins are able to stay out of being pounded physically, that they'll be able to better weather the combination of age and everything else that conspires to keep a team down like them. You're not going to wear them down is what I'm saying. Two, Frederick Anderson, their starting goaltender, has an injury and is deemed by Rod Brindamore to have a status of week-to-week. And if that sounds familiar, that's the same status that Mike Sullivan is attaching to Tristan Jari. So if this team isn't going to have its number one goaltender and that team doesn't have its number one goaltender, it seems to be a fairer fight. Three, and do not dismiss this, the Penguins versus the Hurricanes in a best-of-seven would afford the Penguins home ice advantage for all seven games. Yes, I have seen in the past how the North Carolinians, is that how you say it? Is it North, are they North Carolinians? It sounds right, as, like, as opposed to North Carolinaites or something. But they'll fill the place if they're really, really prodded to, meaning the team goes deep into the playoffs and everyone gets all excited. I know for a fact that people in that region, and when I say region, I don't even necessarily just mean North Carolina. I'm talking about North Carolina, South Carolina, the whole research triangle, as they call it down there, have a lot of Pittsburgh fans, former Pittsburghers, people who couldn't even find Pittsburgh on a map, but just happened to be Pittsburgh fans. 
And for every regular season game down there, they actually have organized efforts to buy up as many tickets as possible. And that won't be as easy in the playoffs, but I guarantee you they will outnumber Carolina fans. And that takes some of the uh, intimidation factor out of being in a certain arena. Uh, You'll recall the way, especially on Long Island, where the Penguins had two of their recent first-round exits. I don't want to say the Penguins were intimidated up there, but it was a big, big factor playing in the old barn, the Coliseum, and how fired up it got the Islanders. And that won't be a factor here at all. Home ice for all seven games. Now, you might also have that in Sunrise, Florida, where the Penguins also draw really, really well. I'm sorry. I want nothing to do with the Panthers. Lay this out in some form or fashion where the Penguins are playing the Hurricanes and we'll talk about possibly getting through the first round regardless who's between the pipes. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Josh Dashevsky, who asks, would you in any way prioritize signing Ricard Raquel this summer over any of the other free agents? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what kind of answer you were expecting to this question, Josh, as if it was supposed to inspire angst in me or something on the way to giving you a response. But yeah, uh, he's younger. He looks like he can do an awful lot offensively. He seems responsible in all parts of the rink. He plays the system, the Sullivan system, very well. He can get in on the forecheck, and he's got a future. Now, look, the lazy, maybe convenient answer is that you'd like to keep all of these guys. You'd like to get uh, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang signed. You'd like to have them finish their careers out in Pittsburgh. Uh, You'd love to get Brian Rust signed. He's, in a lot of ways, the the perfect Pittsburgh Penguin. He's a handful of years younger. And you'd love, beyond any of that, to be able to clear out space for all of those guys and Raquel by just wiping away a few other contracts or even a couple other contracts. Kasperi Kapanen is the one that I keep coming back to. He's a $3.2 million player this year. Well, he's also not playing. I mean, he was a healthy scratch yesterday in Philadelphia, even though his dad, Sammy Kapanen, the former NHL, or former flyer, incidentally, happened to be there at the game to watch his son sit up in the press box. That's not somebody you're bringing back. It just isn't. $3.2 million is there on the books to be had. Now, if you take that and you couple it with Malkin's public statements that because he's, quote, a rich guy, end quote, he'd be willing to work with the Penguins on his final contract terms, that's easily seen as being a concession to taking a lower salary than the $9.5 million he's currently getting. So you now have another couple million in the pot. Now, Does that cover raises for Rust 
Latang and Raquel. That depends on how you look at it. See, if you're Rust and his representatives, you've got to have a pretty good sense. And I'm singling out Rust for a reason. That if you hit the open market, there's going to be a big stream of suitors for you. And we've already reported at DK Pittsburgh Sports that we've heard that the Detroit Red Wings, who play in Rust's home state of Michigan, are prepared to just open the vault for him. And the same might be true in Montreal of the Canadians and Latang, where the Canadians now have Kent Hughes, Latang's longtime agent, as their GM, and where the Canadians would love to have a superstar francophone defenseman. Now, if one or the other happens, it obviously simplifies the rest, because now the cash is cleared out. But at the same time, it doesn't simplify the overall roster. Because if you lose Latang, you're losing a pretty close to irreplaceable part. You're not going to go find another Latang in free agency. You're certainly not going to find one in the draft. And anyone who's looked at the Penguins' system knows that you're not going to find one there either for years. So that's not good. Rust is only marginally more replaceable, which is saying he's not either. You know, there are none of those in the minor leagues either. And the going rate for a Rust type is already going to have been met by some other team, maybe Detroit, leaving the Penguins holding the bag or hoping for a Drew O'Connor or Valtteri Pustinen or someone like that from the minors to step up and take his place. and. In turn, really hope that Raquel can remain on the first line, become a power play first unit fixture and that sort of thing. So in their best case scenario for the Penguins, it's keeping all of them and hoping that there's enough money to go around and that neither Latang nor Rust is in the mood to put themselves on the open market unconditionally because if that happens, the Penguins aren't going to be winning any bidding wars. They just aren't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.